I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 101, The Redeemer Shall Come to Zion, studying Isaiah chapters 58 through 66. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home too. All right, I am actually going to go pretty quick today because I <laughs> didn't charge my phone and we have very, very little um, battery. So my video for the YouTube um, <clears throat> is uh, is is going to die. So we're going to go quick today. Um, we're going to jump straight into it. Um, we're talking um, today about a couple of verses in Isaiah. Um, I'm just going to check and make sure. Okay. I couldn't, my thing is reading as being very quiet, and so I wasn't sure if my mic was checked in or plugged in. Looks like it's fine. Okay. We're looking at chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> um, and I'm not going to read them per se, but I also am going to read them. Um, this is speaking um, messianically. Messianically, 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 is talking about Christ, right? About the Messiah. Um, and um, the Lord hath anointed me too, right? So this is what we're gonna we're gonna talk about these two things, um, because I just it's been rough. <laughs> it's been a rough week. Um, and I needed this today. And so I'm offering this to you that this is what Christ offers to us. Um, I think specifically here, it's Isaiah offering this to us in the essence of, um, telling us what Christ will bring. Um, but I think also this is what Christ brings, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, two, preach good tidings unto the meek. Okay, preach good tidings unto the meek. Bind up the brokenhearted. And I love this idea um, because I think the idea of binding a wound or binding, I think of, I've been listening to this book about rabbits. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a cute one. It's the ember rising or ember falling or ember, the green ember series, I think is what it's called. Anyway. Um, and one of the things they talk about is they have all these battles. They fight the bad guys, which are like the wolves and the birds and the, there's bad rabbits anyway. And so they'll get into, um, these battles and then there's inevitably somebody whose arm gets messed up. So they bind it in like a sling type thing, right? They are binding it up or they're binding wounds where they're, um, taking fabric and tying them tightly around these wounds to create pressure to keep everything in to help stop the bleeding and whatever. And I love this idea of binding the brokenhearted. Um, particularly, I like the idea of pressure because I think sometimes with the brokenhearted, not to say that like we shouldn't be tender and we shouldn't be soft and we shouldn't be gentle because we absolutely should. Um, but I think that Christ has the amazing ability to know how to add pressure to stop the bleeding, right? And I think that, um, and I don't know if this is true for everybody or maybe it's just me, 
that I have a tendency to want to, um, my daughter inherited this when she gets, so when Julia gets a shot specifically like a, um, if we go in for vaccinations or whatever, she is limping around like a wounded deer for like a week afterwards. <laughs> and, um, and I try to tell her and I realized this I, and I did the exact same thing as a kid. Um, and as an adult, <clears throat> you know, and I was always told just walk on your leg normally and it will feel better faster. Right. But we have a tendency to want to baby it because it's sore and it hurts and we don't want to put that pressure on it because that hurts more. Not realizing that that pressure of walking normally, not realizing that, you know, we're bleeding out, putting pressure on that wound to stop the blood, you have to put a lot of pressure on it and the pressure doesn't feel good, right? It would feel better to release some of that pressure off a little bit because you wouldn't be pushing down into this wound, but at the same time, by not putting that pressure, you're bleeding out right? In the same way, if you're by not walking on the leg normally, um, we, we take longer to heal. And so I think Christ has a beautiful ability to know how to bind up the brokenhearted. You know, he holds us tenderly in his hands, but he also knows when to put pressure on us that will help us heal. Um, and so I think that sometimes we forget that that's not a pleasant um, it's not a pleasant experience to have your wounds bound, to have your broken heart pieced back together and then bound tightly together again. Um, especially when everything has been broken and sore and it's painful, um, that our healing processes are not going to feel good, right? They're not like, it'll feel, we'll feel better in the end, but the process of it is not going to feel good. So I just like that image, um, <clears throat> to proclaim liberty to the captives, um, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, right? This is a different kind of binding. This is a restrictive binding, whereas one is a healing binding. So I just kind of clarify the difference there, um, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. I will never get tired of the phrase to comfort those who stand in need of, to mourn with those who mourn and comfort those that stand in need of comfort. One of my most favorite, um, phrases that comes from our, from the scriptures, um, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. This is one, um, that I really loved because he, he clarifies this a little bit more. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, right? To, to give them. And I looked up several different places. I looked up and just like online. Um, I looked up in the OED, um, Oxford English Dictionary. What does appoint mean? And it, signs, it says to assign a job or role to someone to determine or decide on a time or a place, right? Like a meeting. Um, in law, it's defined, a point is defined as decide on the disposition of like property of which one is not the owner or whatever, um, under powers granted by the owner. Um, and one of the things I like about a point, right? Um, especially if we're talking about, um, oh, where'd it go? Assigning a job or role. 
let's talk about what are the jobs or roles that are being appointed to them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes, right? In the place of where there are ashes, there is beauty too. Oil of joy for mourning. Like, oil of joy for mourning. Can we talk, like, let's let's jump into this one a little bit here because this one I think is beautiful. So verse 3, um, that is the second one. So Psalms 30, 11. And we're going to just kind of jump over here real quick and do this. This is a little impromptu, you guys. Psalms 30, 11. There you are. Thou hast turned, here you go. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. This idea that Christ will be able to take our mourning and give us the oil of joy, right? And I think that the oil is not a happenstance word here, especially when you think about um, how we have anointed oils that we use um, in various um, ceremony, like with blessings. Um, <clears throat> and then we think about oil that was used with Christ, right? That was one of the things that um, Mary Magdalene... Um, Mary, his mother, all the various Marys, when they come back after he's been crucified, they come to anoint his body. They come to put these oils on his body as part of their purification, part of their um, process of death. This is something that they that they did at the time. And so I, I love this oil of joy. Right. I just think that that's a beautiful image. And I don't know about anybody else. I do dabble in some essential oils and there are oils that bring me joy specifically like the citrus ones I really love um lemongrass is one of my favorite ones it's got this really just bright joyful kind of smell to it there are certain oils that I associate with certain things <clears throat> for example like orange and clove smells very much like Christmas especially if you add some pine in there um so I love this idea of being given oil to treat my mourning, this oil of joy that will help mend me in my mourning, that will turn my mourning to dancing, right? Like how, how powerful is the atonement of Jesus Christ that it can turn our mourning into dancing? Um, okay. We're almost done here. I promise. Cause my battery is like, um, excuse me, <laughs> we're going to die soon. Okay. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So we're trading out, we're trading out the spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That these people, and I think that it's interesting because again, thinking about a tree, um, Isaiah, I think sometimes gets a bad rap for being really hard to read. And I think that what it is, is you just have to read him really slowly and really intentionally and really think about what it is he's talking about. He makes you slow down in your scripture reading. You can't blaze through him. 
um, like you can a little bit with like First Nephi, for example, right? We all we all know verse one, chapter one of First Nephi, um, and I Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, right? Um, we kind of just glaze over it, and Isaiah forces us to slow down and stop because if we don't, we're like, whoa, what the heck did I just read? Um, and so. <clears throat> that they might be called trees of righteousness. Okay. Um, I love this idea of trees of righteousness, right? This is, um, kind of kicks back to the vineyard, the vineyard story. Um, but when we think about the growth of a tree, again, this is not a comfortable process for the tree, right? You can't just leave the seed out in the open and be like, okay, little tree, go ahead and grow. You have to plant it deep in the earth. You have to pack it down. You have to have that pressure and it has to be cold. Well, not necessarily cold, but it's like this dark, wet kind of place. Doesn't sound like a super fun place to hang out. And then the tree has to grow through the soil and obviously it gains nutrients through the soil and stuff, but it still has to come up through the soil and then it has to deal with the elements around it. And then slowly by doing those things, by digging deep into the soil, by growing up towards the sky, it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and can stand as this testament, this testimony of Christ in this one, those trees of righteousness that will stand as, um, the, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Um, <clears throat> so that we can see all these places where their righteousness has been planted anyway. So I just love this idea. And I think that these scriptures for me just really reminded me that God is good and that Christ is aware of me and that he brings all this wonderful, amazing stuff that is going to be so good for me. That is so good for me right now, even if it doesn't necessarily feel good while it's happening, even if it doesn't necessarily feel comfortable, even if it feels like this immense pressure that I don't know what to do with, um, we're, we're moving towards something big. We're moving towards something really powerful. Um, and I think just kind of remembering that this week, um, and I'll talk to you next week.